Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Can we please talk about desperation and how it leads to blinded consequences? I was reading John, where are we at? 18, right? And just to give you a backdrop, just because I want to jump right into it, because I'm just like highly peeved, if you will. This is where pretty much they took Jesus to go get tried and they took him to Pilate. And when I got to the very end of the chapter, I was like, oh, my goodness. So let's just jump right into it. I'm going to go to verse 38. So Pilate pretty much says, what is the truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them he is not guilty of any crime. Thirty nine. But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release this king of Jews? 40. But they shouted back, no, not this man. We want Barabbas, which it says in parentheses that he was a revolutionary. But in other translations, it says that Barabbas was a robber and he was also in jail with other rebels who murdered certain people during a certain time frame called the insurrection. And reading that, I was like, wow, they wanted Jesus persecuted so bad that they were willing to release a robber, someone who was affiliated with murderers. Now, I tried to go and see how long he was in jail and try to get some backstory on Barabbas, but I said, that's not important. Can you imagine having a nonviolent person walking around just doing something that, you know, just didn't sit right? You know, he, Jesus was pretty much coming and he was ruffling some feathers because they were law-abiding, you know, citizens. And so they wanted to make sure that everyone did everything the correct way. They wanted to make sure you dotted your I's and that you crossed your T. And if you did not, then they wanted you to be persecuted. And so they wanted Jesus to be persecuted so bad that they were willing to release a robber, someone who was a rebel amongst murderers, back into their their land, their community. What do you think was going to happen when you released this robber back into the community? Which you thought he was just going to just be the law-abiding citizen once again? Clearly, this man had a past that brought him to this place. So why is it that you thought, hmm, let's go ahead and choose him to be released amongst our children, our elderly you know, places that we call home. Yeah, let's let him back into this environment just so that we can get, you know, the expected end of what we wanted in Jesus's life. And I was reading that going, did you not factor in the consequences to that? Did you not say, hey, he's violent. I'm not about the, the violence. I'm not about to start carrying no gun and no, no sword around because, you know, Barabbas decided he wanted to come back into civilization. I'm not doing it. Did you look at the consequences? Did you calm yourself down enough to say, okay, I don't like Jesus. I don't like what he's doing, but I don't like him enough to allow for my safety and well-being of the people that I love, including myself, to be in danger. 
And so, you know, many times we can read stories and articles, this particular instance we're reading the Bible, and we can go, oh, that doesn't make any sense. But you know what? I like to very much make it where it's modern times. You know, this may be during the time of Christ, but I like to make it modern times. Like, have you ever been so desperate to fulfill something that you, once you got it or once it happened, you realize I did not factor in those consequences. Because I'm a fond believer that desperate decisions only provide fulfillment on temporary circumstances. You know, in that situation, they just wanted to just get some type of revenge on Jesus that bad. They they weren't thinking about what the ripple effect would be on letting a uh, violent person back into the community, right? What about the person that wants a car so bad? Oh, they just got to have that. Look, it's clean in the inside. It got all these new little gadgets and all these different things that the car that you're currently driving or the mass transit that you're currently in doesn't have. And you're just so excited that you sign a ridiculous contract that's going to essentially produce you being 12 years a slave for the rest of your life. Like, have you ever sat down and looked at the APR rate and said, ooh, (laughs) Or were you just excited because they said 12 months, you know, 12 months, no, no interest free. Or, or, you know, you don't, you don't have to put anything down. You can trade in your vehicle and walk away with the keys and they made it sound real nice. And you got in and you smelled that new car smell. Oh, it's like you can never retain it back, right? It's almost like you want to take your current car to the dealership and say, can you give me that new fresh, I'm getting ready to spend too much money smell, please? Because it seems to trigger, ooh, I want this. Can you you just do that for me real quick? My birthday's coming up. I just make, you know, put that on my tab if you will. Okay, great. But have you ever, ever went in and then found yourself like, you know darn well you can't afford that kind of payment. You said you was going to come in here and just get something, you know, from point A, from point B. You had this whole plan, but you went in and saw that thing glisten and shine, and you you, you saw the new card, the little boop-boop. You was like, ooh. Yeah, so all of the, the consequences thereof, you just were blinded by it. You wanted a card that bad? Did you, did you really, did you want a car that bad? Just for you to be sitting in it a couple of months later going, what are my options? If I bring it back, you know, I'm pretty much going to own it anyway. And then it's going to look like, you know, um, equivalent to a, a repo. And you're going through all these different things now. Oh, so you mean to tell me whenever you don't think on the front end, you're definitely going to have to think on the back end. That's what, you, that's what we're pretty much identifying, right? You ever wanted to be in a relationship so bad or just get some companionship or some company so bad that you found yourself in a predicament like, oops, you're pregnant, huh? Or you got that little um, STD you can't wash off. You know, it's not coming off in the shower. You know, um, water is not making that sizzle go down, huh? Or you got a soul tie with somebody that you weren't even supposed to be a part of. And you are angry with yourself. Now you got to go through this whole self-development and just try to get yourself back on course of of where you were prior to meeting that person because you did not count the consequence. Listen, I don't care how lonely you are. Get you a teddy bear, okay? Get you a puppy, 
Okay, that's a whole big responsibility in and of itself. But you know what? It's better than a soul tie to someone that you should have never been entertained with. You have no idea the things that people are struggling with and their inner parts in their soul. And you so quick to have them in your bed, in your company, in your residence, in your car, across from you just so that you can fill your belly. And you're not even considering what could possibly, what, what are you stepping into? You thinking that it's concrete until you realize it's quicksand. You need to be more careful on who you intertwine yourself with. Because as we just found out a couple of minutes ago, when you don't think it through on the front end, you're definitely going to have to have some time to think about it on the back end. You ever wanted a job so bad that you willing to apply anywhere? You know, you, you just like, one time you told yourself, I'm not doing no fast food. I'm not doing no, this. now the car wash application is looking real, you know, like, ah, oh, I mean, it just will be, you know, just for a little bit. Now you're trying to just, anything, it's just okay. Let me tell you a quick story, okay? Wrote a song about it, here it go. Um, I remember being so desperate to get out of a particular job situation. And I wanted out of this job. I was just tired of the mundane. You know, I built my case on all the reasons why it was best to leave the job. And it absolutely was. But I was getting frustrated on how long it was taking for me to get out the job. I just didn't understand why I had all these interviews. And I was nailing the interviews. And it's like, God, I don't understand. And I stayed in that position, literally. I stayed in the position for six years, but I didn't start really wanting to crave to get out the position until the, the last two years. Just for me to get to another job, and within five months, I was like, get me out of here. I was so desperate to get out of that particular job, the first one, that I took a job outside of my career path extremely, like I just took a leap of, I got to get out of here. Now, I believe that God, again, he lets everything work out for your good. Like Romans 8.28 is real. But I believe that he also lets you kind of sip on your medicine a little bit. Like next time you won't be in such a rush to, ah, I got to get out of here. Maybe you just needed a couple of days off just to mentally refresh. Maybe you needed a vacation real quick. You got all this vacation time, all this sick time, and you're not taking it. Listen, I know that if you leave, you feel like if I come back, it's gonna. I'm gonna wish I just I never went. But maybe you don't have to take a week vacation. Maybe you could just extend your weekend and just add the two days. It could just be a five day. You take your, you know, your Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, bam, and then you're done. And then there's your little vacation there. You see what I'm saying? And so I feel like. We need to calm down, slow it down. You better slow it down. Ooh, uh, uh. The song came up. But you need to slow down and just kind of say, okay, where am I at and what are my options? Because nine times out of ten, I feel like we really go for the extreme option. I'm going to leave this job. And, so you're going to go through the whole IRA switching over or depleting and starting all over again with all that. Now, again, you're going to have to hear from God on that because sometimes, yes, that is the absolute answer. But most of the time, no, you just had a bad week. You just had a bad week. It's okay. It's 52 of them per year. I promise you. Don't skip a beat. It's a whole nother week coming up fresh off the dot. I promise you. So can you slow? it down just to kind of see okay let me 
Let me write on paper because I'm just going what I feel right now. And feelings is going to lead me somewhere that it's going to be four or five different routes to get there. And I'm going to choose the fastest one, not realizing that uh, I am going to come into some traffic and I may come into some regret. That's the same thing for people who are in so much emotional pain. They, they want out of their emotional bondage so bad that they're willing to just go ahead and try any substance, shrink anything, and then find themselves like, oh, my goodness, now all of a sudden, how did you end up on the other side of addiction? How did you end up on the other side of that? You thought at one point I got it under control. All I'm doing is just going to happy hour. All I'm doing is just hanging out with such and such. All I'm doing is just taking this, you know, to go to sleep real quick. All I'm doing is, and all I'm doing turned out to is becoming all of you. It is taking over all of you. Did you realize that instead of dealing with that emotional wound, you just went ahead and put this this substance, this pacifier, this band-aid on it, and guess what? Underneath the band-aid, you're still hemorrhaging. You're still bleeding out of control. Do you realize that? Don't want the temporary so bad that you have not long-term looked at the cost of it. Want a revenge so bad that you're not even realizing how you are articulating it and plotting it out. You're getting ready to put your freedom on the line, sir, ma'am. Is it really worth it? Is it, I mean, seriously, think about that. I know that we don't have, our nature is not, hold on, let me make a 12-point plan for what I'm about to do. Nine times out of 10, it's not that, right? And it's amazing to me because it's almost like we fall into two brackets. Either we're super indecisive, you know, it's like you're looking at a menu for 12 years. Like, would you order something, please, at this point? You don't know what to wear. You don't, you, it's all this indecisiveness. But let it be something that you're uncomfortable with. Oh, it's a jerk knee situation. It's a right now, right? And it's amazing to me that the things that we should be taking our time to make a decision on, who you marry, hmm? Oh, you want to park there for a little bit? Cool, then let's go ahead and ride. Listen to me. The biggest decisions that you can make for your legacy is who you marry and who you procreate with. My goodness, can you please, can you please make sure that you are not choosing marriage and co-parenting relationships like you would um, on a dollar menu? These are decisions. These two things, these two precious items are decisions that you will forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever have to reap the benefits of how you chose. Whether y'all work out or not, whether you are a couple or not, guess what? You still going to be somebody's parents. You still going to be somebody's grandma and grandpa. You still going to be somebody's great, great, great. Did you just add to your descendants and legacy or did you just go ahead and mess it up real quick with one quick choice because you chose a, a facial feature, uh, what am I trying to say? I'm getting upset. A facial feature uh, or, or how they physique looks or something to that effect. You chose that off of what do you have in your bloodline so I can make sure that I'm aligning myself accurately? And do we think like that? No, honestly, we don't. Why? Because no one cho shows us how to do so. <laughs> they show us how to brush our teeth. They show us how to wash up. 
most of us. They show us how to go to school, how to wear your book backpack, but they don't show us the true essence of, listen, this is how you align yourself to someone. These are these core decisions in life. I need you to take your time. You are spending more time on where you live and what you order off the menu. You're doing more research on the restaurant and what their reviews are. You, you won't even buy something that is a certain bracket until you can see what the reviews of the people who have experienced it already you go through all that trouble because you don't want to waste your money but you don't go through all that trouble on wasting your time yeah that's how I'm looking at you right now and you know what it's not even a judgmental look listen she's been there too I'm raising my hand the left one to be exact I get it but I can come back from the other side and say, listen, I truly know what it looks like to be so quick to want to do something. I now respect the story of the tortoise and the hare. I very much want to be the tortoise. Yeah, I don't look at it no more like, oh, my goodness, it's so slow and what's taking so long. And by this age, I should be here. And no, 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 no. There is wisdom in slow. Yeah, there's wisdom in taking a pace. There is nothing that is spectacular in rushing or just being primarily led by your feelings only. I'm just hurt right now. I'm just this right now. I'm just, yeah, but right now is such a small time in the bigger span of your lifespan. Do you really want to make a decision off of that little glitch in the matrix? That little piece of discomfort real quick? You sure you want to do that? And so again, like I said, reading John 18, real quick, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, did y'all really kind of factor that out? But again, if we zoom out and not just look at it like it's a Bible story, if we zoom out and look at our own lives, look what we're doing. Look what we're doing in our everyday lives. When you go to your job, when you, a matter of fact, let you not plan your meal properly. You'll be so hungry sometimes in certain situations, you'll eat anything. Knowing and knowing that you can't have it. Knowing that that bread's going to stick to you in a way it shouldn't stick to you. Knowing that if you take a handful of that or you take a slice of that or a piece of that, it's going to do something to your blood sugar. It's going to constipate you. It's going to do something because in a slight moment in your life, that slight little glitch of, oh, I'm hungry, you did something that you was going to have to pay for tomorrow. Do you realize that, and I looked this up and I was blown away, that the emotions, literally how you feel the next day is a byproduct of what you've eaten the day before. Did you know that? If you knew that, would you choose your meal selections and the things that you ate differently? Like if you knew if you ate that cookie at that time in a couple of hours, you're going to feel lethargic. Did you know that if you keep drinking that coffee, if you keep getting that slice of whatever, like, do you realize that you are affecting your tomorrow? Isn't that just a lesson all in itself? What you're choosing now is affecting your tomorrow. But can we spread that out a little bit more? Can we say what you're choosing now is affecting the course of your life? Y yeah, you can get the wisdom later and say, man, I bought too much house. Don't want a house so bad that you're willing to borrow, 
to get the down payment. You willing to max out certain things to, you know, decorate it. You willing to do all these different things just to get this piece of property, just to get the property to be a slave to the property. Come on. I know you want a house. God knows you want a house, but can you give yourself, and that's how we should start looking at stuff. Give yourself two different options. You literally need to write down like you would a space game, us and them. On one side of the paper, you need to write right now. And on the other side of the paper, you need to write wisdom. Your right now is what you feel like you should be doing right now, this instant. And then you need to walk away from that thing from 24 hours. And then you need to come back and say, okay, if I didn't have a time strain, a, ooh, I can't stand my neighbor, so I want to go, and I can't stay here, or whatever, whatever that strain is, if I did not have that strain, what decision would I make, and what would wisdom look like in this circumstance? When you look at it that way, I guarantee you that right now side of the page doesn't even look like something you want to embark on. No, you don't just go to any school because they accepted you. Time out. How much is tuition? How far is it? Okay, how is your living situation going to go ahead and change up? Like, please do your research before you start being excited that the um $100,000 school said, come on, and you can go ahead and sign this student loan debt real quick. Because I guarantee you 10 years from now, you is going to be like, what did you do? But you wanted the name, you wanted the community, you wanted to be a part of that fraternity, you wanted whatever your right now side of the page, I guarantee you wisdom would have been like, listen, education is education, go ahead and go into a community school, go ahead and go to an in-state school, go ahead and look up the scholarships, yeah, I know it takes time, but go ahead and do that, matter of fact, go ahead and get you a job, and I'd rather you go to school part-time and pay for that thing, you work full-time, than you getting a job, getting in your career, and realizing I need more money to pay off the student loan that I thought was going to make me more money if I got that piece of education, that diploma, that certificate, what have you. Do you see what I'm going with this? In order to reject rejection, you truly need to outline your consequences. We need to slow down. You wanted that piece of jewelry so bad. Let me explain something to you. I know all about the itches. I know it. I know you get that little bit of scratch and it's like, oh, but I want to itch it. I, I absolutely get it. Let me give you a little story about this. I had a wonderful idea, pink light bulb, that I wanted to add an enhancer to my wedding set. Oh, I just thought, oh, you know, just add it. And then, you know, it's going to spruce it up. And then Blasi Blue, do you know that for the next year, I regretted my decision? That to the point that when I looked down at my ring of my wedding set, I didn't no longer got that googly feeling that I had when my husband put it on my fingers. Like to the point that, and I walked in just wanting to look at things, right? I kind of, matter of fact, no, I came in there with the purpose of I wanted an enhancer. I, they were running a sale. I got caught up in that. Yes, I did. Ooh, a Mother's Day sale. You take the little percent off and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, heck, if you're going to do that, let me get something that I really want. So I got husband to, you know, go ahead and just sign on and get on the boat with me. He was like, sure, if that's what you want to do. And I went to two different stores. I should have seen the red flags of you are truly 
literally just like aimlessly shopping at this point. I need you to stop. But I had a mission. I wanted to enhance the ring and by golly, I was going to get it. So I get the ring and I'm realizing uh, yeah, that was just a true example of I was trying to look for an outlet because at that particular time in my life, I was going through some things that felt like I didn't have control over certain outcomes. And so in some way I factored, let me control buying a ring. I listen, we come up with the most ridiculous things and that's why I could speak from experience. So long story short, wind up a year not liking my ring and that is torture and so finally I got to a place I mean the rings weren't fitting what was happening was it an enhancer is pretty much you put how this one was that I received you put your um, engagement ring inside pretty much like it slips inside of like oh and it looks like a brand new ring right it's an enhancer it enhances the ring so irritated so literally I had three different rings on. I had my wedding band, then I had the enhancer, and then my engagement ring was sitting in the enhancer. So imagine at any given time of the day, you have to keep adjusting three different rings. Annoying, right? Because my band and my engagement ring were a set. They were meant to be together. They knew what they were doing. They hardly moved. And if they did, it was just a real boop till, you know, you just take your little pinky finger and you kind of push it and it knew where to go. Boom. But I invited this intruder and it put these spaces in between my band and, and the enhancer. I didn't like it. I kept looking down. I'm like, this is not cool. Then it was... I, it took me six months to realize the sizing wasn't right. So when I was trying to send out, because I told you I went to two different companies, I'm trying to send out my enhancer to get adjusted to my engagement ring. It took them eight months to realize they kept trying to make my engagement ring bigger. So I'm a person of variety. I like to take, you know, wear my band alone sometimes. Sometimes I just want to wear my engagement ring around the house. And I kept saying, how come... Things are just bigger. I thought maybe I was getting bigger or losing weight. I didn't know what was going on. Long story, the short story that I made a long story, they kept changing the size of all my rings. Now, when you're sending out your rings, if you're not sure, um, it's a two-week process for it to get sized up, sized down, cleaned in, all these different things. So the frustration of this is not working. I finally got to talk to corporate and I'm like, listen, I just want a refund. This has been a nightmare. You know what I learned? I will not go shopping when I'm emotional. I will not have a great idea. Now it started off with me just wanting what I wanted online. It was a good price. It was going to make sense. But un unfortunately, when I went to the store, they didn't have the online product in the store, right? How convenient. But I didn't... Uh, for some reason, I let my emotions override what I knew to be right. Now, I, I paid all this chunk of money because, you know, if it's going to enhance the engagement ring and my wedding set, it has to be a part. And I regretted it. And I looked at my husband. I was like, why did you let me do that? And he was like, I just wanted you to be happy. And God bless him. I love him. I'm going to kiss him when I see him again. Um, it's going to be today. I just like to say it. It sounds like he's far away, so it makes me miss him. But... That is just an example of if I would have slowed down, if I would have actually had them, if I would have went to the whole transaction of you were looking at something that was this price. You see how many zeros is right there? And then they talked you into looking at something this price. 
Wisdom would have told you off back, um, no, thank you. I don't care how much of a Mother's Day sale, what percentage you put next to that. The answer is no. It's not that my engagement set or my wedding set was trash. It's just I just thought it was boom. And I disliked it so much because it felt like I added something to a set that my husband did not give me. The reason why my wedding set meant so much to me and it still means so much to me is because my husband picked this out for me. So whatever, I should have just wound up buying and that's what I ended up doing once I got my refund. I just needed a ring to go on my right right hand. <laughs> that's all. All the tra trauma and bad customer service later and all the zeros that, thank God, I got back. That was just the act of God. But all I really wanted was something else on my right hand. That's it. You mean to tell? So I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from my own personal stories. I, I be giving you some tea about me, and I hope you ain't pouring it to nobody else. But it just triggered something in me once I was reading John 18. 18 and I'm like this is outrageous so my challenge to you you already know what these conversations are they are life-provoking conversations my challenge to you is can you do that paper thing that I just told you the left side and the right side with the left side being the right now which is going to be filled with emotions and the right side being wisdom can you look at yourself five steps in advance and say okay would I still choose this same decision on the right, on the left side, you know, the right now situation. Would I choose this if I was in a different predicament in a year? Would I choose this right now? Would it hinder me? You know, if I lost my job, if I gained a new job, if I had to move, if I like put as many circumstances you can put in your mind and see if wisdom takes a different choice. That is my challenge to you. Because, again, I don't want us living in regret. I don't want us living in this vein of desperation and impulse. I don't want us to do that anymore because that doesn't aid wisdom. The goal is to become older, to become wiser, and to be able to share that wealth of knowledge with others so that they won't make the same mistakes or something similar to it. Do you see where I'm going with this? Okay. Well, I'm confident that you got what you needed. I think that this was a great talk. I'm so glad that you let me go ahead and tell my tea um, because I just, I, if you can't tell, triggers were, buttons were pressed on this one. And I was like, wait a minute, they're not thinking. And then I felt the tap on my shoulder like, it's a couple of times where you didn't either. Like, oh, well, I'm going to just go ahead and call my friend and, and tell them, don't do the same thing. <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to feel better. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and let you go ahead and get your paper folded in half like we used to do in middle school or, you know, whatever grade you did that in. But go ahead and fold it and do what needs to be done. I'm telling you, it's going to look very, you know, elementary, but it's necessary. Trust me. So, as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go and fold your loose leaf. I'll talk to you later. Okay? <laughs> later. <laughs>